Hello and welcome to this week's Stronger, Leaner, Lighter show. I'm your host, Sally Tebow. Today we're talking, what about me? Rediscovering who you are after 50. I've got some secrets to share with you today. Nothing like a few technical glitches to get the show off to a great start. Hello and welcome to the 4th of May. May the 4th be with you. Here we are, May. We're only here in Australia uh, now, what, 20-something days till winter. Isn't that extraordinary? On today's show, I want to share with you um, things about, you know, once you reach that magical age of 50, things change. But I want to share with you today what it looks like on the other side. I know for many people that I work with currently going through either perimenopause or menopause and just wondering what happens after this. I'm going to share with you the exciting things that happen once menopause is over. But one, I'm going to share with you what I did to navigate that time in my life from 50 now, you know, 15 years later. And, and can I tell you, although it wasn't always pretty, there are some magical things that can happen to you and do happen to you once that change has occurred. And, and to me, how you look at that change of menopause emotionally makes an enormous difference with how it impacts on you physically. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. And that's, I'm going to share a little bit of my story about what happened to me how I got through it, how I survived it, and why I'm this, this is the best age ever. Let me tell you, the best age. People used to tell me that, that, you know, turning 60 and, in, in, you know, in your 60s was the best age. I didn't believe them. I didn't believe them. Oh, my God. But can I tell you, it just is. It just is. But I'm going to share with you how we got there. Number one, let's talk about the great hormonal joke. You know, Mother Nature can be very cruel. And um, especially for many of us who waited a little while longer to have children because you know, we had careers and that's just the way it was. Even from my mother's age where everybody kind of got married young and had babies and, and sort of were going through menopause when the, many times when the kids had left home. That doesn't happen so much anymore. And for many of us going through particularly menopause, so those maybe late 40s because perimenopause can last anywhere from two to 10 years, I don't quite know. It depends on each individual. So um, that time, often you're going through that perimenopause and, and perimenopause was only recognised a few years ago as a real thing. Um, but also we're raising teenagers at this hot, the same time. So you could be going through perimenopause into menopause while you've got teenagers at home and they're going through their hormonal issues. So that's the one thing to look at, first of all, because it can be very, very emotional. I remember in, in our time, because I had, at that stage, we had four kids living at home. We had a, a homestay student that stayed with us for many years. So we had four kids and me going through massive hormonal changes. And there was lots of door slamming and screaming and tears and, and all that stuff. That was just me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember just collapsing in a heap one day in the in the laundry, crying and sobbing, and and um, and Jerry came and said, "What do you want?" And I said, "Just, just 
do something. He said, tell me what you want. And I remember thinking at the time, I shouldn't have to tell you. Surely you can see how much laundry needs to be done. Surely you can see the kitchen floor needs to be swept. But anyway, those are things that happen to you. So the great hormonal joke, number one. So let me know if, that, if that's what you're going through right now. You're going through your changes, but you also have teenagers. And by the way, that teenage hormonal thing can actually last till they're 25 too, not necessarily just when they're teens. And and I was speaking to a client yesterday and I said, it really helps that if you can have, if you've got girls in particular, um, I mean, boys are a bit sort of quiet and grumpy and, you know, give you one word responses. But if you've got girls is to look at where you, you know, you have it like almost a, a calendar. You don't necessarily have to put up on the wall. The teenage girls probably have a heart attack if you did, but <laughs> in your diary, when everybody's um, going through um, um, the, the, the week before your period. So so you know that you can actually start to map out. I remember uh, Kate Northrop, Dr. Christiane Northrop's daughter, has written a wonderful book about um, how to work around your period and, and the hormonal changes you go through each month. But it really helps to understand if you've got daughters that the three, that two or three of you are going through this at the same time. It'll help give your husbands <laughs> heads up <laughs> too. Um, so... So for me, while I was going through that perimenopause, I had really had a, a breeze when it came to, um, I didn't get my period till quite late. Um, I think I was 16 and a half, maybe 17 and a half when I got my period. So I was, I was and, and it came and I, I didn't have a lot, a few, you know, cramping and all that stuff, but nothing really dramatic. But perimenopause, holy cow, it just, bam, it really hit me. Um, and I, I was going through really, really, really terrible periods. My emotions were all over the place. Um, I ended up with glandular fever and then later adrenal fatigue. And when I look back now, it was all because I, I just pretended everything was okay. So I continued trying to do things um, that, um, you know, my body was changing. And I, and I was still working and I had kids at home and I, you know, I wanted to keep up with all the exercise and all that stuff. And, um, and at the time, my body was going through some massive changes. So one of the things that find good support, when you start to feel this, you're thinking, I'm at a bit out of control at the moment. Like, this isn't working. Perhaps your periods are really bad. Perhaps they're really painful. They can often change or, or they're, they're, they're not regular. Um really find that you have a good support, right? A good doctor and a good naturopath. I found were really helpful. The other one was a really good um, acupuncturist for me was the doctor in particular. I had to get a couple of opinions because a couple of one doctor suggested I get, have a hysterectomy. I was getting a lot of flooding and, um, you know, like period every two weeks. And I thought, nah, I might go and see another one. So I did. And he was amazing. He just said, we're not going to go there yet. Let's just have a look. And he was brilliant. He just, and I remember him saying to me, why do women put up with this? Because it's taking me a long time to do anything about it. You know, you just kind of put up with it. So look for get a good doctor and don't take one doctor's opinion. If you're not happy with it, ask around. Good thing about social media now, you could ask around to find a good um, gynecologist and a good naturopath um, to help you get, making sure that you're, um, you're getting good supplementation um, and I think that's really important and a good doctor that supports you. Um, the next thing is to get do a serious 
food audit. There is no doubt about it that when you're going through menopause in particular, the inflammatory foods that you eat will impact um, particularly on many of the um, symptoms of menopause, um, the tiredness, um, some hot flushes, it can impact on some hot flushes. Um, so do a serious food audit. Okay, what are the foods that that I find are really causing me um, you, you know, you will know um, as we change, as we go through everything we've done in the past, often we have to change. So you may not have been impacted by, say, dairy in the past, but now you might be. You might have not have been impacted by gluten in the past, but now you might be. So do a serious food audit. Okay, when I eat a particular food, how does it make me feel? For me, it was sugar in particular. That was the thing that really impacted on my emotions and my energy. And the problem was when I was low in energy, I'd reach for sugar to try and get that big boost, big, you know. And so I, at one stage, I was, I would drop the kids off at school and I would drive to the store and fill the car up with petrol. And then I'd buy a packet of, you know, jubes or lollies, something that would give me the quick sugar fix. And of course, that only made it worse. So a serious food and also going through menopause, you may need to increase your protein levels because as um, the estrogen starts to drop, we start to, to lose our muscle mass. So you need to be looking at ways to rebuild that. So looking at um, protein, um, making sure you're having good quality carbohydrates and, and, and not simple carbohydrates. So, you know, making sure you're eating foods, um, great leafy greens, um, that you're adding things like I find um, – for me, every now and then I'll need a pasta, really listening to your body. Um, I love a really good quality sourdough bread that's made properly, not ones you buy from the supermarket, the proper ones. Um, so looking at, you know, where is my food supporting me? So do a serious food audit. Um, and, as you know, in the Stronger, Leaner, Lighter program, we talk all the time about conscious eating. So do... Um, you know, become an intuitive eater. Really listen to your body. As I said before, um, when you're going through menopause, what worked for you when you were 30 or even 40 is probably not going to work for you now. So, so you, you have to go back and look at this and say, what foods are actually supporting me? Can I make, I'm going to say that will make a real difference. If you make, if you look at things like, uh, um, the inflammatory foods, but also intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting for me was a game changer. Truly, truly was. Uh, learning how to do that properly, making sure I was increasing my protein, looking at good quality carbohydrates and good quality fats, such as avocado, olive oils, um, fatty fish, just salmon. Those types of things are really important as you go through menopause. Number four, stop exercising like you're 30. And, you know, I see this a lot on social media where I see some of these 30-something influencers telling women how to exercise, you know, jumping on boxes and, and doing kettlebells. Or like it just it really bothers me because as we age, everything changes and you need to be doing exercises that are increasing your strength, form, flexibility and posture. They're the four most important things. Strength is really important, especially our upper body strength. Again, as we our estrogen levels drop, we begin to lose muscle mass. So you need to be increasing that, as I said, especially your upper body, 
really important. Help protect your lower back, number one. So you need strong abs, strong abdominal muscles, and making sure that you're doing them correctly. If you've been watching me on um, Instagram, you took part in our five-day challenge, you'll know how important that is, is to that your core is so incredibly important. So looking at strength, think in terms of strength all the time. If you're fortunate enough and you want to do heavy lifting, that's fine. But if you're not, exercises at home are incredibly important. Remember, the exercise you do is far better than the exercise that you don't do. So continually looking at how am I building my posture and my form and my flexibility. And um, and I, I did a reel this week on the best way to exercise when you're 50 is to slow down. And just make sure you're doing that exercise really correctly. Number five, ask yourself the serious questions. Menopause is a time for turning inwards. Uh, and I know a, a, a gal that I know is actually um, goes into organisations now and actually um, advises them on, on hiring menopausal women because we, there's things going on for us that we're you know, the hot flushes and the overwhelm and the brain fog and all that, they're only temporary. They're not permanent. And so when you get to this age, it's about asking yourself the serious questions and turning inward, implementing things like meditation, tapping, things like that that help you understand who you are. But I want to get to these um, serious questions. This hit me, this question one night when I was having a really bad day um, and I had been, my eating was out of control. Um, I was still trying to walk. And I remember this day I was, had no energy left. And I was going to walk up a hill that was near me. And it was a reasonable hill, um, not particularly steep. And I was at the bottom. I just, just started to cry. I thought, I just can't get up there. I'm too tired. So then I got home. I was asking myself the serious question, you know, how long actually do I want to live? I was about 54, 55 at that time. And like, how, how, how long do I want to live? I mean, in my mind, I want to live to 100. So that meant at 55, instead of 45 years to go. So if what I was doing wasn't working, what did I want to do? What did I need to do? What, what was it about where I was now that wasn't right and wasn't supporting me? And so then I was asked myself the question, so what do I see myself doing in those 45 years? I mean, the first 55 were all about finding myself, you know, that and traveling and doing all that stuff when you're, you know, in your late teens, early 20s. And the next part of life was marriage and children and babies. And suddenly, and then the next part was raising teenagers. And then suddenly I'm in this situation. I had all my three kids leave home within a couple of years of each other. And I remember this day, thinking to myself, like my daughter had graduated. She had a, she'd already had a license, but she graduated. And suddenly I thought, wow, my whole, my whole social circle, you know, the weekends were all, had always been about sport or dance or driving kids from one place to the other, you know, that slamming of the door at 3.30 when they'd come home and, you know, it was a massive homework and getting them to the next um activity and dinner on the table and all of a sudden all that stopped and it was like well who do I become now who do I become now How, who do I become when I'm when I'm not caring 
focusing on children and going everywhere. It was this massive, it seemed to happen, it seemed to happen overnight. It didn't happen over a, a period of time, but it seemed to happen overnight. All of a sudden I had Saturdays free. All of a sudden I wasn't at a netball game or a soccer game or a, or, or, or a dance concert or, you know, I didn't have Stedford's any longer. We didn't have dance concerts. We didn't have, you know, that, that our time wasn't revolving around school holidays. You know, I remember the time that I, somebody told me that kids went, well, I thought, gee, it's quiet in the roads. And somebody said, it's a school holidays. I went, had no idea. <laughs> but all that, you know, for a long period of time, 28, nine years, that had been my life wrapped around my children so what do i see myself doing for this next stage you know jane fonda refers to it as the third act like because all of a sudden i'm still a mother i'm still a wife but it wasn't that intense hands-on it was very different it was it was who do i become to be that mother uh still without the hands-on parenting and one of the things that I realised was I needed to find who I was. I needed to find my relevance because what I didn't want to end up doing is being one of those mothers who was reliant on their children to be their social life. And, you know, my kids, I'm not a grandmother yet, so I, I have this time um, where I can really devote to myself. So what, what do you see yourself doing for the next however old you are to ha however one it could be 40 years and of course you know there's all sorts of things happening in the world now that we could potentially live right now we could potentially live well into our hundreds maybe 105 106 you know we're getting that's all happening now especially as we understand about aging and telomeres and you know eating well and exercise and all that stuff so that was really important what and I would like you to ask answer that question. What do you see yourself doing for the years that you have? And how are you holding yourself back from doing that? And I wanted to ask this question because this is a serious question I had to ask myself. What do I really believe about aging? And this was a complicated one because there was a part of me that was. I don't, you know, I can't believe I'm this age and I'm still all able to do that. And there was another part of me that was like, well, am I still relevant? Um, I decided to leave a job that I really liked, but it wasn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. And then it became about, well, who, what will people think? What will people think? I was walking out of a job with all the, you know, superannuation holidays and the sick pay and, you know, the guaranteed income, all that stuff, but it just didn't fill me up any longer. And so there was this whole thing around, okay, if I start a new career at my age in my 60s, am I relevant? What do I believe, me, 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 believe about ageing? What do I really believe about myself? Which is a really interesting aspect to be in because I suddenly realised that I judged others about their ageing. I, I judged other people. Even though I wasn't judging myself, I was judging others. That was a really interesting concept. 
And the next thing I had to ask was, well, if I'm ready to spend the next 45 years, 50 years, doing what I want, doing what I love, was I ready to invest in myself? Because that's what it takes. You know, like I had to invest myself to learn about social media. I had to invest in myself to keep up to date with WordPress and, and, and a website and um, networking. And I had to invest in myself and you know, get a, a, a good um, business coach. Um, you know, taking on new modalities all the time, learning EFT and, and learning counselling and learning coaching and all that stuff. Like I had to give myself permission to invest in myself because um, it had always been about the kids for the last 35 years. Every time I wanted to invest in myself, I had to think, okay, wait a minute, what school fees? Oh, what, you know, what costume will she use? You know, my daughter was a dancer and she did. You know, 13 dances for any concert she ever did. You know, what shoes will she need? Um, soccer fees due. Um, you know, the kids want to go on trips, school, all that stuff. So what um, now all of that was gone. And and there was a part of me that wanted to kind of, oh, God, hang on to the money and put it away for a case of rainy day. And the other part of me thought, you know what? What about me? If I'm going to be relevant in this next period of time, I think we all need to ask this question because I come across so many women who don't know anything about computers or social media. But if you want to continue to evolve and grow and if you want to stay relevant, you have to stay up to date with that. And, you know, I invested myself. I uh, took myself off to the US and did a fantastic Facebook um, course with a wonderful woman called Mari Smith. I then went and did um, Ali Brown's uh, workshop in San Diego and spent four days with these amazing women all six, seven, eight-figure earners, that was a real eye-opener for me. So it was almost, it was like I had to go back to beginning and decide how I was going to invest in myself. And that's when I ask you this question. Are you willing to invest in yourself? If, 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 you, if you ask that question, what do I really want? And then how am I going to get there? I have to invest in myself. And uh, it was incredibly important. Um, that I did that. The next thing was, have I ever, ever done what I really, really wanted? Um, when I decided to leave my career and, and I've had numerous alliterations of businesses, um, it was all about finding what do I, I really, really want. I, one of the things I wanted to do, and, and I, must, I read this somewhere and, or, and I wish I knew where I read it, at the end of your life, I want to be able to say, I tried. I did everything I wanted to do. I, I, I became the person I wanted to be. I never gave up on opportunities, even though sometimes they didn't work. Sometimes I failed because when you get to this age, that's the other thing. If you want to, you want to reinvent yourself, you're going to fail and, and, and be prepared to do that. But to find, have I ever, ever, ever really, really done what I wanted? Or was I always, was there always expectations of what I should do? Now, I grew up in a, in a Catholic family. I went to an all-girls um, Catholic college. And so there was great expectation about safety. Don't do anything that was unsafe. You know, get a good job. And, you know, take my hat off to my mother. She made me go and do um, typing 
school learn how to be a typist thank god you know i can i can now touch type it i don't know 100, word, 100 words a minute or whatever it is and, and that was great she did that i hated it at the time mind you i hated the job but that's one of the things that came out of there but ask yourself have i ever ever done what i really really wanted and if not why not because number six of that is creating a vision of what it looks like okay so here i am midlife uh my kids don't need me as much um what do i want what does it look like i'm not i mean i love to travel but that's not enough for me i, I you know i know a lot of people think you know i just want to travel now i just want to you know climb Machu Picchu or whatever it is that's not enough for me i i need to be achieving i'm an achiever type so for me it was creating a vision about what this business looked like and me in it for the next 45 years Number seven, we're running out of time. I don't want to get to this. Stop giving a rat's patootie. When I was telling her, you know, what do I really think about aging? What sat in the back of my mind was, you know, what people would think of me jumping up and down and doing reels on Instagram and all that stuff. Have to stop giving a rat's patootie. Because the wonderful thing about moving to this age is you don't. <laughs> Can I say? I don't care what people think. What I care about is that I'm doing what I love. That's what I care about. And if if my kids think I'm embarrassing because I'm doing Instagram reels, so what? Don't watch them. You know, if if, if I, you know, I'm talking about what I believe about politics, you don't like it, so what? Switch off. I don't give the rats patootie. That's a wonderful thing about this age, because. You know, it's it, it's moved to the point where if you're not going to speak up now, when are you going to do that? Which brings me to the next point. Create solid boundaries about what you will and won't accept. And this particularly comes with your adult children. Particularly comes with your adult children. Because, and I know I did it to my mother too. And I had to do a lot of forgiveness work around this um, just recently. You know, and roll my eyes when mother said something or you know mom's doing this but i the way your adult children learn to treat you is the way that you learn to treat yourself and 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 they get this kind of thing our adult children where you will raise them to be confident and, and thoughtful and um uh you know um, intelligent and so they will have opinions that might be different from you but they don't have a right to tell you your opinion's wrong. And I've seen this happen a lot, especially over the last two years, where adult children are telling their parents what to do or what to think. And if their parents don't agree with them, they seem to think it's okay to challenge their parents. I don't mind that, but how you do it. And so creating solid boundaries around what you will and will not accept is exceptionally important at this age. And again, it goes back to not giving a rat's patootie. Um, I won't be spoken to you like that. You can stop that right now. Simple as that. And not, no if and but. Um, you're in the workplace. You might be working with young people that don't treat you very well. You pull them up on it. You know, you, you have not earned the right to speak to me like that. So you need to say not if and but and, and no, nothing after that. You have earned the right to speak your truth. You have earned the right to have an opinion. And I've, I've heard of many women who get to this age and, of course, you know, you've got a young millennial come in over the top of you with degrees that will tell you that what you think or say isn't correct. Well, sorry, you haven't went the right to do that, my friend. 
and be okay with that. Be okay with that. Do some tapping around it, of course. And then, of course, the last one is, if not now, when? You know, I think if anything of the last two years has taught us is don't wait. If you are unhappy in what you are doing right now, if you're unhappy with your body, you have a happy relationship, you're unhappy with your job or career, then change it. Change. You've got the wisdom, you've got the intelligence, you've got the foresight to do that. If not now, when are you going to do it? What are you waiting for? There is no waiting. It, right now, your biggest thing that you have actually is time, time and wisdom. You have time to figure things out because you're not running kids all over the place. You have time to stop and think because you don't have to be out looking good and doing all the things. Give yourself time. If not now, when? All right, a couple of things I do want to move to before we finish. We've got two minutes to go. Um, one of the things that that I think was really important for me um, was when I look at these photos and I looked older than I felt, right? I, I'm a sun girl, sun worshipper, grew up all my life in the sun. Yeah, and I thought at 20 it didn't matter. <laughs> and then at 60 <laughs> it did. So... Um, I decided when I mentioned before to invest in myself. And one of the things was to look after my skin. Everything up until that point, I had facials occasionally and did all that stuff, but everything up to that point had been about the kids. I get the cheapest facial, right? Um, I put it off or I go without or, you know, I'd buy, um, I, you know, I wouldn't go to the hairdressers and spend a lot of money. Well, I couldn't because you know, mortgages and kids and blah, blah, But you get to this age and think all that time that I've spent giving to somebody else, I'm going to give back to me. The best decision, can I tell you the one of the best decisions I ever made was to invest in this thing. This is a an age-locked galvanic spa. This has been the thing that has, I've been using this for a year. Now, you will have seen my before and after photos. Amazing, absolutely amazing. And I want to tell you, this is on sale this week. 15% off. They only do this once a year. This is incredible. Um, it's new, it's their, it's, it's new skin's um, number one product. But I decided that I was going to invest in myself. And, and it was a day that I was particularly down, feeling old. And oh, actually, I'll tell you the real story. I've got a minute. I'll tell you the real story. What happened was we'd been in Melbourne and we were catching the tram back, so we called, flew back from the Gold Coast decided to catch the bus and then the tram. We're on the tram, and my husband and I both got seniors' cards. Um, you know, seniors over sixty, you get a seniors' card. And uh, uh, he's older than me, so he's got a, um, you know, the half price one. I don't have the half price one. He had the half price one. <laughs> We're on the tram, and the inspectors get on, and the inspector looks at him and looks at what he paid, and he said. Um, could you give me some ID, please? <laughs> Prove his age. And I'm like, what am I? <laughs> Nobody asked me. Probably my friend Karen thinks says it. I want one of these. <laughs> Best decision I ever made for getting rid of the fine money and wrinkles because you know what? We do live in a, in, in a sexist age, um, age, what do you call it? Ages of society. And, um, and looking as good as you can is really good. So if you want to know more about this, this is on session for the next uh, till the 11th, I think, for Mother's Day on, until sold out. I did want to share one other 
uh, product with you. This is from Naz Cosmetics, uh, my friend Jen Hines. Um, this is their veil. You know what it does? You put your makeup on and then you put this, it's like airbrushing. Airbrushing. So people say to me, oh, what filter have you got on? I never use a filter on my social media posts ever. So between this and this, lovely. So let me know in the comments below if you want to know more um, about these products, uh, in particular, the AgeLock Galvanic Spa. And I uh, thank you so much for being with me on the show today. Next week, we'll have a very, very special announcement to make. Um, we're in the most midst of doing something pretty wonderful um, with a program that I will share with you next week. Thank you so much for being on the show. I look forward to you. And please send me a message if you want to know more about either this or this. I'll talk with you soon. Thank you for being here. Bye for now.